It is your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to know what exactly is the core of the Flyers. Oh, I thought you were going to say of an apple. I knew that answer. (laughs) All right. We'll get into the core and what we need out of them coming up on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at our Miriam. You can find my amazing co-host here, Russ Cohen, on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to try and identify who are the Flyers' core as of now and other locks for next season that we think will definitely be on the team and then look at what is the ideal role they're going to play versus in practicality, what role will they play on this team next season. Should be a real interesting discussion. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Russ, this is the existential question of our time for the Philadelphia Flyers. Given that we have very little definition around what the identity of this team is, for next season we haven't heard much on that front from Chuck Fletcher or anybody else we don't have a coach so we're just kind of looking at who we have on this team who we know is going to be on this team next season and who are the leaders who are the core of this team and what do we expect of them so for me the core is really forward focused rather than defensively focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of tracks in terms of who the actual leaders are on this roster right now. So to me, we have Cam Atkinson, Kevin Hayes, Joel Farabee, and Sean Couturier. I agree with that. If we're choosing the core, the thing about a core is it's the next coach that will choose it and decide what the core is. The next coach may look at those names and say, that's great, but I don't see one of those guys as, you know, a core guy for me. But for us, yeah, I think that's the core. And I think for these four guys, it is fascinating to me because we have Sean Couturier, again, who's homegrown, drafted by the Flyers, has been seen as a 1C on this team for a long Mm -hmm. time now, obviously was out a lot of last season and was injured. So we kind of lost track of him. In a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, because we were just trying to fill holes and patch things up with Band-Aids for, I think, the last third of the season. Just trying to survive. Right. And so in an ideal world, Russ, you know, what do we need from Sean Couturier next season? You know, to be a a sulky candidate to score 70 points to be hard to play against. If he could do those things, he could play in 75 games. He could... um, be a leader like he normally is on and off the ice. That's exactly what they need of him. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Obviously, I think in a lot of circles, he is the lead candidate to become the captain of the team next season. Uh, You know, I may disagree with that a little bit, but I, I do think that he is a great candidate for the role. And so I think that he's going to have to step up a little bit just from a leadership perspective, plus doing all those things that you just said, you know, just the bar isn't that high, but um. no. And I think he's a good choice. Uh, Probably not my choice either, but I think he'd be a good choice. Now, do you think based on what we know now that that role could be diminished in any way by the team in terms of thinking practically about what the team might do with it? You mean as far as a captaincy role or his role as a 1C? His role as a 1C. No, I think that's pretty set in stone. I'd be shocked if another coach came in and had another option unless, you know, you got Mark Shifley in the trade, which they're not. Um, Yeah. You know, I think. I think he's pretty safe. I think so too. I I do. And again, I really hope he comes back strong next season and in good shape to, to really lead this team because he was very sorely missed. Oh yeah. He was missed in a million different ways. Another guy who was missed a lot in the flyers lineup for a good chunk of the season, Kevin Hayes. And I think for me, he really, took some steps forward toward the end of this last season in terms of recovering from the injury. We know he still wasn't a hundred percent there. So number one, I'm looking for him to come back from that and be in a much better shape physically going Mm -hmm. to uh, going into next season. But I think that I wonder if he'll lock in that two C slot for the flyers, or is there going to be another option there? Well, there could be another option if they were to bring in Kadri. He'd be the 2C. Uh, the fact that Kevin Hayes was like 42%, 42.8 on faceoffs could either get mm-hmm. him relegated to 3C or make him a winger instead. I think right now it's going to be up to the next coach, but I don't think you could rely on Kevin Hayes being a center based on what you're paying him. I think uh, you have to look at it and say, is he still fulfilling all the center type qualities? Because again, you know, he was a minus 20. Uh, That's not good. No matter how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, you know, his 31 points in 48 games isn't bad, but his faceoffs aren't good. You know, defensively he needs to tighten up. So another coach might look at him and say, you know, I've got a different role for you. You can't be locked into the, dollar amount here and then especially if they went and were to get out go out and get one then would you make him a 3c or would you just turn him into a winger i think you have a question there it is a good question to me i think you make him a 3c especially if you put some of the young guys on the wing with him i think that's a good combination and we'll get to some of those young guys and what we expect of them later but let's just say like a noah cates is your one college signee from this past Mm -hmm. year that makes the team I think him on a line with Kevin Hayes would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. uh, just because of the mentorship possibility. And, and he's better he, on faceoffs. I mean, I'm yeah, not sure if he was exactly. better this year, but he will be. Exactly. And so I think that if you get one of the wing guys who's younger and is a better faceoff guy to do those faceoffs, but have Hayes out there leading the line and being the one who's telling some of these younger kids what to do. Yeah, you can get away with it that way. 
Yeah, I think so. So to me, I think, you know, ideally he is that 3C and we have a better option for 2C. But in a pinch, I think he'll be a, a decent 2C. I just don't see the team dropping him down there unless they have to. But again, it's a coach's call, right? Listen, I mean, again, this is you have to forget what you signed him for. You have to forget everything other than production and what makes the team better. You can't mm-hmm. just say, well, I'm slotting him here because he's making, you know, seven point whatever million dollars. No, that's not an answer. No, that's an absolutely fair point. All right. So the two wingers I want to talk about, Cam Atkinson and Joel Farabee, because I will not call Joel Farabee a center. No, no matter what happened this past year. No. That was so dumb. Okay. I mean, I get why they did it, but it was still emergency conditions. We're not doing that again. So I think for me, I would like to see Joel Farabee stick on that top line with Couturier and then have a fast winger that's maybe younger um, along with those two. But uh, what what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I would put Farabee on the top line. At this point, I think he's past Konechny as far as um, all-around play. Mm-hmm. Maybe Konechny can still eke out more points, but it won't be for much longer, I don't think. And mm-hmm. so Farabee just, you know, he has more skill than, than Travis Connecting. It's just the way it is. He does more things. He's trickier. He's harder to play against. Yeah. And I, I think that works out really well with Cam Atkinson being put on a second line. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with a, sh- a shoot first mentality, I think we're going to need that mentality spread out amongst the lineup. And so I do think that I want to make sure Cam Atkinson's getting quality minutes and that he does those things that we traded for him for continuing to take a ton of shots. Yes, he'll take a ton of shots. The question is, you know, how many games will he play? He only missed nine this year, but he's missed a lot more the last few years. So you have to also think about that factor. Um, So I think that there is a chance he stays healthier being on a second line rather than being on the top line. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. So for any of these guys, is there anything that you think the team could potentially do to under either undermine what their ideal role should be or support it? Well, I mean, they could undermine it if you don't put Farabee on the top power play. Mm. I think he does a lot of good on the top power play. But again, if you're going to go by names and salaries, um, You might not have him there. I think they could undermine Kevin Hayes if they leave him at 2C because I'm not convinced he's a 2C. Now, if they have no other choice, then he's your 2C. But um, push comes to shove when you're playing better teams. Is he a 2C? You know, maybe against 10, 12 teams in the league, but not against all of them. All right, we have a lot more forwards to talk about on this team. We're going to do that coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about some Bilt Bars. I love brownies. I do. But you know what I love more? Brownie batter. (laughs) Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making brownies. But it's a rare occasion when I make brownies, folks. Just saying. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Bilt has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. And they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, 
Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you could eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The Brownie Batter Puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. So go to Built.com to get Brownie Batter Puffs now. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So in addition to those four core guys that we just talked about, we have some other forwards that are pretty much guarantees are going to be on this roster next season. And I I think there's a couple of guys that are question marks right now, one of which we talked about yesterday. And then we have some younger kids who are, I think, very likely to be on the team. So thinking about it that way, let's start with two guys that I think will definitely be on the roster next year. And that's Scott Lawton and Oscar Lindblom. So it's Scott Lawton. I I want to make him the third line wing. You you know mm-hmm. that's I want to make him a third line winger. I don't want to put him in center. I want to give that center spot to one of the other players that we're talking about, and maybe even Kevin Hayes. Uh, but that's I I don't want to put him in the middle. He's better off the wing. His speed's a little better that way, and that's the chance I have to get the most amount of points out of Scott Lawton. I think uh, Oscar Lindblom was completely misused last year. If they have him on the fourth line, then you might as well look to trade him. And some team will want Oscar Lindblom, trust me. Uh, but if you, he can't be a fourth liner. He used to be what we thought would be a second line talent. He should be at least a third line talent. But again, I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I would say he should be at least third line. Putting him on the fourth line makes no sense to me. agree. I think that with Lindblom in particular, we really have to give him some time early in the next season because he himself said, everybody around him said that it really took the full length of this past season for him to get to where he felt like he was at 100%. And I, I think that because of that, they dropped him down to the fourth line sometimes to give him limited minutes and there wasn't room and the way they were trying to you know, move things around in the lineup. It was kind of a mess, honestly. It it was a mess. Every time they dropped him down to the fourth line, it was like, what happened to Oscar most of the time? Yeah, I don't think that really worked his benefit in the end. There's a way to limit a player's minutes without dropping him into the wrong kinds of minutes, right? Yeah. Like there's a way to rotate other guys in on the third line and keep him with the third line at the same time. There's a... There's a way to do that. But yeah, I think that you start him at the third line and if he's better than you think he is or he is improved and you feel like you want to give him a shot at the second line, you do that. But I really hope that he's just a a third line mainstay going into this next season and get some of his scoring touch back 
a little bit more. He's such a dynamic passer as well. I really want to be able to take advantage of that on the Flyers next season. And then, you know, wait a couple of months into the season before you make any panic moves with him. Like, really give him the time he needs. No, that's fair. I do think that's fair. And then with Scott Lawton, I agree. I think that he is a center when you need it in an emergency. And that's the only time you you move him in. If there's an injury or there's something that happens where you need to rotate him in for a game or two, fine. I get it. But let's let him shine at wing. I, again, I, I think that if he is at his best, he could be second or third line. I really do. Mm -hmm. in either one of those roles and you know if he's hitting his ceiling I think he could stick on the second line but I do think the the middle six is his sweet spot and yeah do not put him at center in case it's in a, unless it's an emergency yeah all right so two guys that I think are likely to be on the lineup but question marks Travis Konechny Morgan Frost Frost, I'm either going to make the second or third line center. He was mm -hmm. at 48% on faceoffs, which is a lot better than Kevin Hayes, and he took over 246 faceoffs, something like that. So we got a good glimpse into what he can do, and he's certainly going to come in stronger. He's certainly going to come in faster. He is more dangerous in the middle. Uh, just putting him on the wing is just you think you're going to get more offense, but he's more creative than that, and I think um, – I'd rather have him let him use his full vision and have him be the center. So then it's a matter of, uh, is he two, three or three C's? So is it Hayes or him, him or Hayes? I'm not afraid to use him over Hayes at, at two C or make Hayes the, the, the second line winger there. And that's fine too. But one way or the other, I, I would make him two or three C depending on how he comes in. But I, I just wanted to point out that he was really good on faceoffs. Yeah, that would have been my point exactly, that especially late in the season, he was just killing it at the dot. And so I have no problem with him as a 2C if we think it's a better option than Kevin Hayes based mm -hmm. on you know, what's going on with everybody else and what combinations have mm -hmm. good chemistry. I think that that is absolutely the way to go with Morgan Frost, and, and I certainly hope he sticks there. With Travis Konechny, I think it's a question mark because he was so streaky and really had some tough stretches. And so to commit to him being a first line guy is a real difficult thing for me to do. I mean, you may end up playing him there, but you may end up playing him there only if you didn't trade him too. And you're hoping that he has a good year so you could trade him at the deadline. Like sadly, that's, that's the reason I play him on the top line. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well. All right, so our kind of ancillary guys who may or may not crack the lineup, but I think have a better than likely chance of it are Noah Cates and Owen Tippett. Yeah, Cates, um, based on the way things are shaking, he's, it would be the wing or nothing, and that's sort of what he likes. So he could play on the fourth line wing, and that's fine. It upgrades it. And if they commit to at least giving 10 minutes a night, to the fourth line. I still think he can develop that way. So I vote for that for, for Noah Cates. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it starts to change what the Flyers are doing with the fourth line, which is mm -hmm. what I want to do as well. I want to make it more offensively focused, but have the two-way 
playing ability at the same time. So when you need to put them out there because you need to rest one of your other lines for half a second, mm-hmm. I want somebody who's going to be responsible. And and mm-hmm. I think that that Noah Cates is a really good option there. Owen oh, Tippett, I think, is another question mark for me because do you put him on a fourth line and just shelter him a, a little bit in terms of minutes? But that kind of exposes him defensively. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not bad defensively. He's not great. Um, mm-hmm. He's like second line or fourth line. Like, right. that's what he is. If he's scoring, you put him on the second. If he's not, you put him on the fourth because at least he'll hit some guys and you can still put him on your power play and kind of hope that he's fixed his shot. That's what he is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be really important for him to improve that shot over this offseason like we've been talking about and to really put himself in the best position to succeed and really earn those higher line minutes. Yeah. He's got a great shot. It's just the, you know, the, the, the way he's doing it when he doesn't think about it, it goes great. And that's how he scored his goals. When he thinks about it, he seems to take an extra second. So there are things you could do to fix that. Um, You know, let's see if he fixes it. If not, he can end up being a fourth liner. And if he does, then Zach McEwen's again, every once in a while, day player. Just um, <laughs> alas, no time to talk about Zach McEwen. Oh, we don't know if they're going to re- time. We, not, we don't know if we're going to resign him or not. We did talk about that on yesterday's show. So take we a did. listen to that. Um, if you're interested in our thoughts on him and the other RFAs. All right. We do have to talk about the defensemen. Mm-hmm. So we will do that coming up next. So the defensive core of this team, Russ, obviously it's Rasmus Ristolainen because he's signed. And so he has to be part of the defensive core along with, I would say, Ivan Provorov and Travis Sanheim. Yeah, that is your your like paid for core. And then you think, you know, Cam York could get in there next year. Yeah, I think so as well. I think those four guys are like the meat of this defensive group. You know, obviously, unless they trade for somebody else at any point, but I don't think that's likely. Or they get Ryan Ellis back. Well, yeah, there is that too. But but we're not counting them in. I'm not. We can't right now. We just can't. And so that's why, you know, I left him off my list as part of this conversation. But uh, that could be a huge part of it as well. So the Sanheim Ristolainen pairing, do you think that sticks for next season? Because it seems like they are our second pair right now. It does. And I think it could be okay. And uh, with the physical nature of Ristolainen, that helps probably helps spring Sanheim a little bit offensively. Can Risto you know, play that full defensive role to a degree? He's not perfect at it. But I think, uh, yeah, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, I just feel like there's no spot here where Travis Sandheim moves up and really takes control of this team defensively. I, I Not think unless that, Provorov gets traded. Exactly, exactly. That's the only way that that, that that happens because I think they need him there with Ristolainen just to cover their yes. bases. and. So, and I think this team is sort of locked into it. I, I don't think there's going to be any great mystery to what happens again, unless somebody gets traded. So, you know, with 
we're with Provi on the top line with question mark at Ryan Ellis um, or some other fill in that they'll sign. At, no, at it'll be point. it'll be probably be Cam York. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think because of um, he's necessarily ready. I think because it's going to be the SWAT theory and he's going to be there and he's done it and Probroth doesn't mind him there. Mm-hmm. But I think if Ryan Ellis misses games, it's going to be Probroth. Yeah, Not Probroth, I mean, sorry, it's going to be York. Yeah, Cam York. I, I, you know, right. I think uh, it's so weird because you think that a third pairing role would be the ideal situation for Cam York going into next season, get him a full NHL season at third pairing, give him some power play time as mm-hmm. well. I think he earned that and yep. it, he's good at it. I certainly enjoy watching him cover the point on the power play. And so to me, that's the ideal thing, but you're right. I think from a practical standpoint, they may end up having to plug him in on that top hair. And I just, I wonder how that affects his development. Just seems like he's going to get shoehorned in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but Again, there are, you know, a lot of question marks, I think, going into next season. And obviously with the coach to be determined, we'll see what the coach is looking to do from a systems perspective. Wait, we have another defenseman that's signed for two years. We do. And I was just about to bring him up because (laughs) I think as far as the regulars, those four guys and maybe Alice, if he exists. Right. Uh But the other guy we have to talk about is Nick Sealer because they just signed him for two years and ostensibly in the seven D position. But what is his role now that they've signed him and said they want him back? They haven't really said, okay, what are we going to do with him? Don't worry, Rachel. He's going to be in the AHL. His contract will be buried. It, it, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's what I keep hearing. I don't know that that's the case, but I'm hoping it's not the that case. He, it's not. he really just sits in the press box and comes in, no, but if you in sit, an emergency. But again, if you sit him in the press box, you still have to pay him NHL salary, right? So, But that's really what you're supposed to do in the NHL. They just had such terrible cap problems well, that last it's year. It's not they... going to be any better next year. So that's the problem is he won't, they right. won't be able to afford to have him in the press box is my point. That's part of the issue that I have with this. So if you're telling me he's going to be buried in the AHL, my answer to you is who's coming up again cheaper because otherwise, you know, even Zamula is going to be the same money. Um, right. Who's coming up cheaper that's going to occupy that role that allows Nick Sealer to be buried in the AHL like everybody keeps telling me he's going to be? The answer is nobody, nobody right now. There is nobody. He played and... 43 games last year. We thought if he played 30, it would be too much. I still think he's playing at least 30 games this year. Right. And I think it'll depend on what the Flyers desi- decide to do from a cap perspective mm-hmm. in terms of do they only roster 20, 21 guys again? They're probably right? going to have to do that. Yeah. So it, in a perfect 23-man roster scenario, Sealer is the 7th D and you sit him in the press box the whole time. But you're right. They may not be able to afford it. So. And that's why I keep trying to tell people. But the other thing that's going to make all of this complicated is they'll get a report in July on Ellis. And if they're unsure, then they're going to go get a defenseman in the marketplace and kind of roll the dice. Uh, I think the defensive situation and the roles and responsibilities are, are a huge question mark for the Flyers. Do not envy the work that they have to do behind the scenes in order to are put you getting a, a, a rest. A little bit. 
a little bit. Okay. About the D. A little bit. All right. That'll wrap up our conversation on the roles of the current flyers and what they might do next year. We'll have our flyers fun thing. The Reading Royals uh, put together a raffle at the end of the season where the winner gets one of each of their specialty jerseys that they did all season long and minor league hockey specialty jerseys are amazing Mm -hmm. there there's so many good ones around the ahl and the echl and reading was no different they had some real good ones including a rugrats one a superman jersey they had a harry potter themed one iron man Iron Man, so this is for their Marvel night. They had an ugly Christmas sweater. So many good ones. And so whoever wins this is going to have an amazing collection. I would get the hot pink one. The hot pink ready Yeah, for breast one. cancer yep, awareness. That's the one I would get. Yeah, it's it's a really nice one. I love the Superman one. I'm I'm a Superman girl. My favorite DC character. Even though DC is totally marginalized to Superman to the point where he's an afterthought. But yeah. I okay. know. It's terrible. It really is. Superman... Superman just is better than Batman. And oh, like it's not even close. Not like, even close. Ben Affleck knew he was beaten in that movie in the first two minutes, but they elongated it just so they could act like Batman would have a chance. Um, but Superman in the lexicon of, of superheroes, like those movies should be great like they were with Christopher Reeve back in the day, but they are so marginal now that it's like nobody even cares. Nobody even talks about Superman, even in jokes anymore. I used to always mention Superman. Superman is like forgotten. Makes me so angry. Love him. Love him so much. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to have a mailbag. So send your questions in. If you have any questions about what we talked about today or on yesterday's show, especially love to keep those conversations going. As a reminder, we do always want to hear from you. So send us a tweet or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final game, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.